Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. The episode today is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday, November the 8th. Pastor Gary preaches about the end times, but not really, (laughs) and also offers some meaningful and helpful reflection on the current election season and what it means for us as the church to respond to Jesus's call during divisive and difficult times. I hope you'll take the time to listen to it and enjoy it. Here it is, Pastor Gary's sermon from Sunday, November 8th, 2020. Well, we have had quite a week. It has been exhausting, compelling, confusing, but whatever it's been, it's been quite a week. And now with an announcement last night that enough votes had been tallied that Joe Biden is the president-elect, I'm reminded that four years ago, I stood in this very spot the Sunday after a national election, and we had a scripture reading that talked about the end of times. And I told you at that day that no, the end of the world has not come. And it turns out I was right. The end of the world did not come simply because of a national election. Now, half of you then were very pleased with the outcome and half were not, and probably those tables have largely tipped, although some of you may tip one direction or the other in the meantime. But I'm here to proclaim to you once again, because of a national election, the world is not coming to an end. Not because of a national election, but it does make me wonder what would cause the end of the world. It does make me wonder what we even think about it if we believe that somehow it's so far beyond us that it's not even within our concern to wonder about the end of the world. I wonder if sometimes we might think about the end of the world. And when we do so, would we consider our part in it? Would we consider that maybe when Jesus gives this parable, he knows that he's not coming back in a month or or, or several months or, or a year? Now, the people might not have understood that completely, but Jesus might have had complete understanding of all of that. And he knew that people would read this parable over and over and over again And his concept was we should always be ready for the bridegroom. But what if we weren't ready for the bridegroom to return? What if we were always ready because the bridegroom was in our midst? What would that mean for us? You know, that was part of what the church in Thessalonica was worried about. That first lesson that Vicki read for us talks about the concerns that the people had because they had had this concept that Jesus would return and that all those who were alive, they started building this construct, that all those who were, who were alive would be raised up with Jesus. And then they started going as minds will go when we start having matters of life and death and salvation in our minds, that what if somebody dies before Jesus returns? And then somebody said, well, sorry, they're out of luck. 
and they believed it. You know, they thought, oh no, what will happen? So Paul has to come and create this, this theological understanding for them that Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, and Jesus' ascension is for all of us for all time. So don't get hung up into the whens, the wheres, the whos, the whys. Instead, just, lo- just, just let God handle this and, and know that God is handling this. But as, as much as God is in charge of salvation, God's still counting on us to care for the bridegroom. God is still counting on us to be people who live in expectation of what God has in store. Now, I can tell you that almost definitively, I don't think it's going to be today. Yesterday, we had a shot. Because yesterday was really overcast and cloudy. And we're told that, you know, that Jesus was going to return and take us up into the clouds. So yesterday, we had a viable opportunity for that to happen. Today, there's not a cloud in the sky, so relax. Not going to happen. What could happen today is that people could feel more prepared to be people of the bridegroom today than they were yesterday and could, and could understand what it means to move ahead in faithfulness. And maybe even in this country, in the midst of times when it seems as if we can get pulled away from one another so easily to know what it means to be drawn together. We talked about these very things four years ago and talked about what does it mean to be the church in the midst of tumultuous times. Sometimes what it means to be the church in the midst of tumultuous times is to live like it matters. To live like what we do actually makes a difference, not just for the church, but for the world. What does it mean to look ahead to the next four years with hope and expectation, even if the person that you voted for does not hold office? What does it mean to look forward with hope and expectation, even if you know that your neighbor thinks differently from you because the sign they had in front of their house was pronouncing a different candidate? What does it mean to look ahead with hope, knowing that the bridegroom is in our midst, calling on us to once again be the church. What would it mean if we decide for the next four years that we have not run out of kindness, but instead we have enough of it to keep pouring into our lamps to keep them burning? What does it mean if we have enough generosity in our hearts to live that out? And, and, and not a flask, but jugs of oil of generosity to keep that lamp burning. What would it mean to have enough grace for our neighbors and for ourselves to understand the way that we forgive each other for things that we, that we have said or, or even thought and allow our best selves to come forward. What does it mean to live lives of respect for one another, especially when we disagree with somebody? 
and to know that we can still live lives of respect for them and maybe even find new respect for ourselves in the meantime. When the, when the wise and the foolish ones were there, whenever we think we've run out of our best self, we are acting like fools. Whenever we think there is a storehouse available to us so that we can continue to be our best self, we are always prepared for what God is trying to do in the world. And so think about the next four years. What if half of the country does nothing but says, I'm going to prepare for four years from now when we might have another transition? What a foolish people we would be. And I know this past four years, there have been times where I've been in multiple conversations, sometimes with people I agree with, sometimes with people I don't agree with, but I know the best conversations were conversations where we respected one another because I've preached about things and you have at times pushed back on me for what I've said, but you've done it with respect and you've allowed me to respond with respect and the church got better and if churches can get better there's a chance that the world can get better and so here we are again maybe more than anything we should be prepared for an honest open respectful conversation. Maybe that's the best thing that we can possibly offer. Jesus had a lot of things to say to the Pharisees and the, and the elders. To be honest, sometimes his parables didn't sound wildly respectful. But when he got together with his disciples and he was able to talk to them he opened them up to new avenues of conversation, and so we should be too. If there's any reason to feel like you're shut off, that you're not allowed in, it's probably because you weren't going to walk in with any respect. If you walk into a conversation ready to respect somebody who thinks differently from you, wisdom wins. And we have an opportunity to be better than we were the day before. And so here we are. Are we talking about the end of times? Not really. Are we talking about the bridegroom arriving? Kind of. What I really want to concentrate on is the fact that the bridegroom is in our midst. Are we prepared to have a conversation that would allow God to say, that was worth sending my son to earth for? That people would respect one another, that they would be generous in spirit to one another, that they would be kind to one another, that their lives would be filled with grace, even in the midst of difficult times? 
that might just be worth Jesus dying for. But if we continue to be divided and continue to look on one another with animosity, then God has to be shaking God's head and wondering, was it worth it? Once again, it's time to be the church. To be the people who say, we have enough oil for our flasks to live out the way God chooses us to live. And when we do that, we will be prepared for the bridegroom in our midst to say that is the church of Christ. That was worth dying for. Amen. I invite you to join in singing our hymn of the day out of your worship book. It's